Islanders traded for Alexander Romanov last Friday. We have a special crossover episode with Laura Saba of Locked On Canadians discussing what Alexander Romanov could bring to the Islanders. Plus, we look ahead to free agency, including the possibility of Johnny Goudreau coming to the island. All that and more coming up on today's Locked On Islanders podcast. Your Locked On Islanders, your daily podcast on the New York Islanders. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. All right, Gil Martin of Locked On Islanders here, and thank you for making Locked On Islanders your first listen every day. We are free and available on all platforms. We have got a lot to discuss on today's show. But first, if you have something Islanders related on your mind, if you have a question, a comment, a topic that you'd like us to talk about on the show, feel free to send us an email. The email address, LockedOnIslanders at gmail.com. And if you leave your first name and where you're from, we're happy to mention you on the show when we talk about whatever it is that's on your mind. You could also follow the show on Twitter at Locked On Isles, and you could follow me, Gil Martin, on Twitter at Ice Wars, N-Y-R-V-S-N-Y-I. We will keep you up to date on everything that happens for the rest of this offseason. We've got free agency coming tomorrow. We have got trade rumors and, and a lot of other things that will be going on between now and the opening of training camp in September. We'll have it all covered for you right here on Locked on Islanders. The New York Islanders traded their first round pick to the Montreal Canadiens and got defenseman Alexander Romanov. Here to talk about what Romanov can bring to the New York Islanders, Locked on Canadians co-host Laura Saba. Laura, thank you so much for joining us here on Locked on Islanders. A pleasure to talk to you. And, you know, it's interesting. Uh, after the trade took place. I got a lot of comments on YouTube and on social media from Canadians fans who just said, you guys are going to love this guy. Yes, Why? I agree. I agree. I 100% agree. There's something about watching Alexander Romanov play hockey. There's an exuberance to his game. There is a, like, he is a dynamic player. I think for me, the biggest question mark for Alexander Romanov has always been decision-making. And you know, as a defenseman, right? Like that's one of your key things. You have to, you don't necessarily have to be big or you, you should be, I mean, in today's NHL, but we're kind of slowly moving out of that. You need to be able to make good decisions with the puck. So I think for me, he he's 50-50 on that, as far as I can tell. And so the big question mark with him is can he approve, improve on that front? Because in terms of the way that he trains, the way that he prepares himself for games, all the other players say it as well, the uh, energy that he brings, he's always giving it 110%. He's never not doing that. So in terms of all of that, he is one of, or he was one of the best Canadians in terms of all those respects, right? His preparedness, his excitement, his, his dedication, his commitment. He won the unheralded, uh, the, the unsung hero award from the media. Uh, at the end of last season for that reason you know he's definitely somebody who he's doing everything that he can to be there and he is just a delight as a person he I truly I am gonna miss him as a fan I'm gonna miss him miss watching him you're gonna love him also because the thundering hits 
the way he lays the body. And I think that that is a very Lou Lamorello kind of kind of player, right? He's so, so physical. He will get in the opponent's way. He will be hitting everything in sight when necessary. He does not shy away from that kind of stuff. And given the way that he plays, he hasn't been particularly injury prone. And I'm going to knock on wood so I don't jinx him or you. Um, He hasn't been particularly injured. He's He's a pretty durable player. And he just, he's just a delight. He's literally, you know, I, I know the team is going to miss him because when you interview the team, right? Um, Josh Anderson, for example, recently said he was one of the most dedicated, most hardworking players. And he doesn't even need to at his age. He doesn't need to put in those hours that he does, but he's doing it anyway, right? And I think that that aspect of it is somebody that you're going to love, you know, you're going to love this guy. You're going to love watching him. You're going to, you're going to see him out on the ice and you're going to be like, another phenomenal hit another thundering hit or you're gonna see him like sometimes you can literally watch him on the bench just like like clamoring to get back on the ice right there's nobody that loves hockey playing hockey more than alexander romanov he can't believe it i i i truly love his 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 presence is what i will say so i think for me personally, it really is a decision making because he can also contribute to offense and he has in the right situations. If the coach uses him correctly, he can. He's good for goals or 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 particularly assists and things like that. I'm just concerned about his defensive def- decision making. And I think one thing that I do need to note, even though I am telling you I'm concerned about that, is that the Canadians in the past couple of years since Cole Julian left haven't been very strong on that front. They really have not. They've they've been scrambly in defense. They've you know, they didn't know where to be. Their positioning was was not sound. Like, as a whole, even veteran defensemen like Shea Weber, for example, were not always in place. We're not always uh, making, you know, the right plays. And, and they didn't really seem to have a strategy in place. So I do think that, you know, with a, with a stronger structural system, it's a possibility that Alexander Romano's decision-making will get improved. Maybe it was messaging. Maybe it was clarity that was missing. I'm truly not... sure that it's just, you know, it's an Alexander Romanov problem. But I think if you're not, if you're not relying him to be relying on him to be a number one or number two defenseman, I think you're pretty good. I think he's a very, very strong third or fourth defenseman. Um, And I do think that, you know, there's something to be said. I mean, in Montreal, we're excited for for Slavkovsky because it's going to be exciting to watch. And I think there's a lot to be said, particularly on an Islanders-type team. If you look at the team right now, the way it's constructed and things might change now that the coach is out, but um, well, with the coaching change, I think that when you're looking at something like like an Islanders type team, you need a little bit. You need to inject a little bit more of that. Like I, I don't want to call him flashy because it's not empty calories. But he's definitely like he's speedy. He skates well. He hits. He he just it's like he'll bring an aspect of fun. Um, and I think he's not too terrible defensively. He's not too. <laughs> You know, he's not he's not egregiously bad in any in any respect, but I just think that the way that he was touted before he came to Montreal, particularly being the MVP of I wanna say it was the World Juniors, if I'm not right. mistaken, or World Championships. He was the MVP a while ago. Like he had so much potential. So you, you look at that guy and I think a lot of the hopes in Montreal were that he was gonna be the next Markov or the next number one defenseman. I don't think that that's 
the, an, an acceptable or not an acceptable, an attainable expectation for him. So if you're not looking for that, if you're looking for a serviceable third or fourth defenseman, that's going to make you, you know, jump out of your seat once in a while because he's crushing a New York Ranger. That, that's what you're going to get, you know? So I, I'm, I, I'm excited for you. I think as a fan, I'm going to miss him a lot, but I understand why the Canadians did it because in their pipeline right now, they have their, their two to seven D like they have a log jam. Mm -hmm. at that position right at the defensive position they've got a lot of guys that excuse me they've got a lot of guys that will be amazing in any of those positions right now the big question mark is they don't have a kale mccarr victor hedman caliber defenseman to be their number one they've got caden gooley who is surpassing all expectations and really really making a case but i think Caden Gooley is at minimum going to be number two, but I do think that we are going to want to see a Victor Hedman type or, you know, Roman Yossi, Kale McCarr, like somebody who is unquestionably a number one, a top five, number one defenseman on that, that top pairing in Montreal. I think that is what fans want. We haven't seen that in quite some time. We've seen, you know, former that good defenseman like Shea Weber were there, but like we want to see somebody like that. I think that's going to be the next missing piece that Canadians are going to have to target. So Alexander Romana was never going to be that given, you know, they have Justin Barron, they have Jordan Harris. There's a possibility that they'll sign Jaden, Jaden Struble. Um, there's so many people in their pipeline that, that could do, you know, that could fill the depth of the defense. So, I don't think that Romanov was necessarily a key piece. We thought he might be untouchable at the beginning of the year, and then we saw the prospect cupboard at the end of the year, and I think that that makes a lot of sense. Personally, I do think, though, that if you're expecting much more than a third or fourth defenseman out of him, then you're going to be disappointed. But if not, then it's just going to be smooth sailing because everybody's going to love this kid. And he's so adorable. He's literally so adorable. His social media presence is adorable. The way he and his wife behave are so adorable. Like, the Canadian tiktoks of how much they love each other like this is just like an adorable kid that just brings rainbows and sunshine and joy and and but at the end of the day he's you know he's that soft off the ice but on the ice he will go hard and he will hit and sometimes it's extremely satisfying for example as a canadians fan when he hits brad marchand that's (laughs) you know that to me is one of the, the greatest moments in a hockey game so you are you are gonna like this guy and from what i saw statistically a lot of block shots also Yes. Yeah. He's like, and that's the thing is that he is a defenseman. He's a decent defenseman, but I just have questions about the decision-making in, in, in some respects. Right. And then I guess from an Islander standpoint, you know, the Islanders in the last two years, Devon Taves traded Nick Letty traded. They didn't get a puck moving defenseman, someone who could skate the puck out of trouble and get that transition game going. How well does Romano fit that bill if he is a second pair type of guy? I think he's a lot better than he gets credit for. I do think that a lot of times the Canadians defense as a whole is a black hole. Um, I think when you watch him carefully specifically, I think he does do the right things to get the transition game going. But overall, the Canadians like really didn't help themselves as a team, right? Like it's when, when there's five people on the ice and you can't get the puck out of your own zone, there's a huge question as to like the strategy because I think I think what Alexander Romanov will benefit from is strong messaging and strong direction from the coaching staff or from the organization i think if he has that then you're gonna see the best come out in him and he can be part of that he literally he can skate the puck up he's a phenomenal skater and i think a lot of aspects of his game are underrated because 
he doesn't he he does a lot of hitting right like he's very physical so like other parts of his game are underrated i think and and so he needs the best situation so if the islanders put him in the best possible situations i think he's going to be a really good contributor to the team all right laura thank you so much for joining us today and talking a little alexander romanov thank you so much for having me we have got a lot more to get to on today's episode, including free agency, which starts tomorrow. We'll have it all covered for you right here on the Locked On Islanders podcast, including the possibility that Johnny Hockey may come to the island. We've got that and a lot more still to come on today's Locked On Islanders podcast. From the people who invented healthy and tasty comes the latest gift to your taste bud. You probably tried the amazing coconut brownie chunk built bar, but guess what? Your friends at Built have given Coconut Brownie Chunk the puffs treatment. That's right. The Coconut Brownie Chunk Built Bar flavor you love in a deliciously chewy marshmallow covered in 100% real chocolate. It's like a fluffy cloud of coconut brownie goodness. But stop drooling and listen. They're good for you. Low calorie, low sugar, high protein, and all delicious. Coconut Brownie Chunk Puffs are here for only a limited time, so go to Built.com now and make sure you don't miss out. They're going fast because they taste amazing. All Built Bars are made with collagen protein, which your body absorbs more efficiently and provides tons of health benefits. Eat something that tastes good and is good for you. And the best part about Built Puffs, of course, is they taste amazing, but you can enjoy them guilt-free because they are actually good for you. They are the perfect treat, perfect when you've got a craving, when you need to satisfy your sweet tooth, or if you need a quick, healthy snack. They are an, also an excellent source of protein. Delicious coconut, rich, sweet brownie, creamy marshmallow. Stop fantasy, fantasizing and go to Built.com to order your box of coconut brownie chunk built puffs right now. Go to Built.com, use promo code LOCK15, and you'll get 15% off your order. That's promo code LOCK15 for 15% off at built.com. So free agency just around the corner right now. It starts Wednesday. And first of all, Monday at 5 p.m. was the deadline for qualifying offers to be made to restricted free agents. And the Islanders have some important ones. I mean, Alexander Romanov, Noah Dobson, Kiefer Bellows, Michael Dalcole, uh, those are the big ones you can add in Arno Durando and Parker Wotherspoon, but here's the catch. Yeah, there was a five o'clock deadline on Monday, but, and this is very typical of Lou Lamorello and the Islanders organization. No, the Islanders did not make any announcements as of five o'clock on Monday as to who, if anyone received qualifying offers and who's back and who's not. So Everything with regard to that remains very much up in the air. And yeah, that, uh, you know, kind of leaves us hanging with regard to that. Now, again, this being the Islanders, we don't know whether or not a qualifying offer was made. We just know the Islanders did not make it public. So heading into free agency, where do the Islanders stand? Well, according to Cap Friendly, they have a little more than $11 million in cap space, but they still have to re-sign Dobson, Romanov, and Bellows, among other people, 
before you can say, okay, that, you know, 11 million is enough. So that's roughly where we're at. And let's say we, you get Romanov and Dobson for about seven, seven and a half million total. Bellows for about 1.2 to 1.5. That leaves the Islanders with a little less than $3 million in cap space heading into free agency, which is not enough to play with the big boys. You want to get a guy like Johnny Goudreau. It's going to take you a lot more than $3 million a year to make that signing. You're probably going to need eight, nine, maybe even $10 million. Now, Goudreau is 28 years old. He'll be 29 next month. And if you're going to sign him to a long-term deal, you're wrapping him up for the years as he starts to slow down a little athletically. But again, that being said, the Islanders are going to need to clear up some cap space if they want to compete for one of the top free agents or if they want to trade for one of the top available forwards who, you know, you, you want to talk about a Vladimir Tarasenko, having $3 million in cap space won't get it done. Some of the names that have been bandied about as far as players who could be dealt, obviously Anthony Bevilier has come up. His cap hit a little over $4 million. Bavillier probably could use a fresh start somewhere else, although maybe the coaching change will give him a little bit of a fresh start. Lane Lambert could uh, be better for a guy like Bo than Barry Trotz was, but Bo could be dealt. That could clear up some cap space. Josh Bailey earning roughly $5 million in cap space. Don't know what the market is exactly for either one of these players. And the Islanders may have to throw in a draft pick if they want to move some of these guys just because it's a cap kind of a deal. Now, again, they may not have to do that if you have a, a Tarasenko trade that would include Bailey and or Bevilier, for example. Or the other name that we've heard people talk about is Simeon Varlamov, although post-draft, Lula Morello indicated that he thinks that having both Sorokin and Varley is kind of important to the team's success. So overall, it, it becomes a situation where you're not sure exactly what the Islanders will do, but to be a player, they're going to have to clear up some cap space. Varley would save you $5 million. Bailey could save you $5 million if they could move on from him. Bavillier, $4 million. Those are sort of the bigger hits, and you may have to move on from more than one of those players in order to free up enough money to sign the likes of a Johnny Goudreau. Now, Goudreau, 20, he'll be 29 before the season starts. He is the kind of player, because of his shiftiness and his elusiveness, who may not lose effectiveness as rapidly as some of the guys who rely more on pure speed. Uh, and, you know, he is from South Jersey, and he has indicated a desire to stay, to, to sign somewhere that would be closer to home. So obviously, if you're a South Jersey guy, 
the two teams that come to mind first are the Philadelphia Flyers and the New Jersey Devils. But the Islanders could also be in the running. Certainly, if Goudreau is interested in winning a Stanley Cup, the Islanders are a lot further along in their development right now than either the Flyers or the Devils. Both of those teams still in rebuilding mode. And yeah, I think the Devils have a lot of young talent on their roster, but you're still at least two or three years away from being a cup contender. Whereas if you sign with the Islanders, you probably have a two or three year window where you'd be a cup contender before this team, some of the older guys slow down and you have to start dismantling it. So tough decisions for Goudreau, but I think the Islanders could be players in that respect. And it won't necessarily be uh, easy to get him, but I think the Islanders really could do that if they can free up the cap space. And, and I'll say this, if in the event that you add a Johnny Goudreau to, to the mix, uh, little doubt that you are getting an outstanding, outstanding hockey player, somebody who really could change the the way this offense works. And, you know, last year, 40 goals, 115 points, played in all 82 games. And the thing about Goudreau, he has been remarkably durable, knock wood. You look at his games played, he has never played less than 70 games in a complete NHL season. And in fact, that 2019-2020 season where he played 70 games was not a complete season. In 2021, he played 56 games, but that was the COVID-shortened season. Shortened season, 82 games this year, 82 games in 2018-2019, 80 games in 2017-2018, 80, 79, 72 in his first three full seasons in the league. He is a guy who has had remarkable durability and that is something that you add to the mix. So, you know, Goudreau would be a great addition for the Islanders. Uh, he is a left wing. So, you know, could you imagine a line of Goudreau, Barzi, and, and Lee? Maybe. Uh, how the Islanders would divvy up the lines remains to be seen. But Goudreau would be a great addition for the New York Islanders, and we'll see whether or not they can bring him in. When we come back, we have uh, our Islanders' birthday of the day, uh, a player who probably got asked to do a little bit too much too soon with the Islanders, but then developed into a very solid uh, middle, you know, second or third line player who could pass the puck very well. Let's see if you can guess who that is. He played with the Isles in the mid-2010s. Uh, we've got that and a lot more still to come on today's Locked On Islanders podcast. Time now for our Islanders birthday of the day and our Islanders birthday, well, yesterday, Monday, was the 29th birthday of former Islanders forward Ryan Strom. Strom, a native of Mississauga, Ontario, he may actually be, be becoming a free agent uh, this offseason. 
uh, drafted by the Islanders fifth overall in the first round back in 2011. Um, joined the Isles in 2013, 2014, had his best year with the team in 2014, 2015, when he had 17 goals and 50 points and was a plus 23, added two goals and four points in seven playoff games that year. Stayed with the Isles through the 2016-2017 season and then was uh, off to the Oilers for a couple of years and then has since played with the New York Rangers. Had a career-high 21 goals this past year and had 54 points, which was uh, the second-highest total of his career. Strom, a really good playmaker, not the best shot, but solid offensively with the shooting but a very good passer and sort of adds that dimension to any team he plays for. We go back and look at one of Ryan Strom's better games with the Islanders. December 31st, 2014, uh, a New Year's evening, New Year's Eve evening game in Winnipeg at the MTS Center uh, against the Jets. Islanders have Yaroslav Halak in goal, Andre Pavlich, the goalie for the Jets. And it was our Islanders' birthday of the day. Ryan Strom getting the Isles on the board first midway through the period. Strom, his seventh from Anders Lee. And Nick Letty at 10.04, Isles up by a score of one to nothing. Then, with two players in the penalty box for Winnipeg, Jay Harrison off for holding, Dustin Bufflin off for roughing, Franz Nielsen converts on the power play, his seventh. Johnny Boychuk, and our Islanders' birthday of the day, Ryan Strom with the helpers. Time of the goal, 18-16. Islanders after the first period. The Jets get on the board in the second. Uh, Andrew Ladd, someone Islander fans know well. His 13th from Blake Wheeler and Paul Postma at 441. That made it a 2-1 hockey game, but the Islanders answered late in the period. Franz Nielsen, his second of the game. Eighth of the year, another assist for Ryan Strom, our Islanders' birthday of the day. Islanders up 3-1 to one after 40 minutes. Then the Jets pull to within one goal with Mikhail Grabowski off for interference. Ladd, his second of the game from Matthew Perot and Brian Little, 47 seconds into that third period. That makes it a 3-2 to two game. But then Anders Lee, his ninth from Ryan Strom and Franz Nielsen, that goal coming at 11.35, and then an empty netter by Josh Bailey from Travis Hamannick and Calvin DeHaan at 19.28. Islanders skate away with a 5-2 to two win, but for Ryan Strom, our Islanders' birthday of the day, a four-point night. One goal, three assists. He's a plus two, had four shots on goal, and he had four points in just 15 minutes and four seconds of ice time. Islanders with... 33 shots on goal to just 23 for the Jets. Yaro Halak with 21 saves to earn the win. So again, a happy belated birthday to Ryan Strom. He is our Islanders' birthday of the day. Free agency around the corner. We're going to have a lot more uh, on it on tomorrow's show as we preview what some of the who some of the players are the Islanders should be looking for and at and uh, what we can expect Lula Morello to do. I still think the Islanders are more likely to emphasize trades over big-ticket free agents. 
but you never know. And Lula Amarillo never one to, to let things be known. He always keeps things very close to the vest. Thanks again for making Locked On Islanders your first listen every day. Now make your second listen, Locked On NHL. Locked On experts give you a daily 30-minute podcast on all things NHL all year long. Stay up to date on everything in the hockey world. Locked On NHL, your daily 30-minute NHL podcast. That does it for today's episode of the Locked On Islanders podcast. Have a great day, everybody. Stay safe. And of course, let's go Islanders.